It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, a licensed nutritionist and a certified nutrition specialist. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and therapeutic nutrition counseling. Now, last week on Dishing Up Nutrition, we started to discuss some of the nutrition research that has gotten people's attention and has them discussing the results, or it certainly seemed like it was had gotten a lot of media mm-hmm. coverage. I don't know how much it got in readership, but it got media coverage. <laughs> media coverage, and we're even seeing it. Like social media as well. Exactly. Seeing a lot of the people discussing it on like the fa- Facebook or Instagram or what have you. Right. So I thought, let's finish that discussion. So I asked licensed dietitians Katie Vigasa, uh, Vigasa, I got it. Vigasa, yeah, very good. <laughs> and Joanne Rideout to join me as we dig into the details. But Katie and Joanne, before we talk about last week's <clears throat> research, we have to talk about what is in the news this week regarding recent research on artificial yes. sweeteners. Yes. Yes. And they're linked to higher blood sugar levels and diabetes. Yes. Research published last Wednesday in the journal Nature found artificial sweeteners may create higher blood sugar levels in some people, which leads to diabetes and obesity. Now, that fact alone is kind of interesting because usually people think about sweeteners as helping control their blood sugars, but this research is saying just the opposite. Yes, So researchers actually found that artificial sweeteners such as saccharin, sucralose, and aspartame, what it did is it caused mice to have an increased risk of glucose intolerance. So what the research found is diet products, diet soda, sugar-free gum, diet pudding, diet jello, diet yogurt, diet dressings containing sweet and low, Splenda, or Equal, what it did is it increased blood sugar levels in mice and in a small group of human volunteers. So it was both mice and, and humans. humans. Yes. Yeah. And Not just a, mice. It was a small <laughs> small population, but there it's still really profound um, research that they're finding with, with um, the sweeteners. You know, one of the co-authors of the study said, we are talking about a dramatic increase in blood sugar levels. You know, I've noticed that very same thing, Mm -hmm. that increase in blood sugar levels clinically. You know, working with diabetic people for over 20 years, and we in our classes, Mm -hmm. generally at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we encourage people to not use artificial sweeteners. Right. You know, so no Diet Pops, no, no Crystal Light. That's right. And no gum. And yes. No, that's right. <laughs> right. That's a big one. So, you know, researchers don't know precise the reason that these artificial sweeteners increase blood sugar levels, but they suspect that artificial sweeteners disrupt or change the amount of beneficial bacteria in the intestinal tract. Wow. So it's kind of interesting, and it goes back to the gut we were it even, does. We were even saying that before we started the show today. I don't think we even totally fully, I mean, at all understand how much our gut health is yeah. affecting our overall health. Right. It's really They're profound. Learning more and more all the time. Mm-hmm. So research is pointing to the harmful effects on your health from having a disrupted bacteria level in the gut. Yes. And that's why we encourage the use of bifidobacteria. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we often talk about this is, 
bifidobacteria is in breast milk. Mm-hmm. It is. So it's a natural thing. It's something we would naturally be getting right away in life. We need it from the first day we're born. Yeah. So we know clinically that bifido reduces cravings for sugar and processed carbs and also supports metabolism for many clients. So there's really strong, getting stronger too, evidence to get rid of those fake sweeteners. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we really get that question all the time is why, why do I have to give up my sweeteners? You know, for so long I've been told that it's better for me than regular sugar. So this is just one more tool we have in our toolbox, essentially, for why people shouldn't be having those sweeteners. It can affect their blood sugar levels. And, and, you know, lead to basically diabetes and obesity. Yeah, exactly. The very things that they were trying to avoid. Yes. Yes. Right. And one of the studies from the University of Minnesota, even back in 2008, was talking about that, too. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we've known this for a while. We have. So we kind of talked about the sweeteners, I think. Right. So let's go New back topic. and finish up last <laughs> week's discussion about other research that's been around. Okay. One of the research studies mentioned compared two weight loss diets, mm-hmm. low carb versus low fat. That was in the news very last much week. Yes. Yeah. a couple weeks ago. Low mm-hmm. fat versus low carb, right? Yeah. So this is really interesting. And what we know to be true is since the early 1950s, whether it's been doctors or whether it's been nutritionists or dietitians, they've been telling people if they want to lose weight to simply just cut the fat. So last week we pointed out that the food manufacturers driven by custard demand started mm-hmm. making low-fat processed foods. You know, low-fat dressing, yeah, low-fat right. cookies, low-fat crackers, even low-fat cottage cheese. And the one that just always surprised me is Low-fat cream. Right. Oh, that's an oxymoron. Yeah. That is, there's no Definitely. such thing as fat-free half and half or fat-free cream. You know, they were just in their heyday of all these low-fat products. Yes, they were. They and were churning those out one after another. And with all the low-fat products, everyone should have lost weight, right? Or yeah. So they should yeah. have been healthier, but that did not happen. So actually, it was just the opposite. Obesity increased. Heart disease skyrocketed, and sadly, the cancer rate increased too. Mm-hmm. You know, That's and then, and we'll be talking about this later. But fat is flavor, right? And when you remove fat, you remove the yeah. flavor, and you have to add other things. And usually, it's sugar, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's what we've actually we just you know started a couple of nutrition for weight loss classes this week, and that's one of the very first things we talk about in classes. Wait, you know, when we do remove this fat, we're adding extra sugars into these foods. So, yep. you know, so thinking back to these. This low-fat idea, what went wrong because the low-fat experiment failed? You know, as consumers, we believed that low-fat was the answer. And, you know, I believe that there are actually two very important reasons that the low-fat experiment failed. So biochemically, when actually when you take the fat out of food, your brain doesn't feel satisfied. It doesn't get the signal that, you know, it's full, so you eat more and more. And actually fat in our food... Um, hormonally, it releases a hormone in our, our small intestine stomach. That's It's called cholecystokinin. And that's a big word. It's a big word. Yeah. CCK. <laughs> let's just say CCK. CCK. But that tells our brain we're full. So it's it's more than just having willpower. It's that, oh, it's, I've eaten fat. It's released this hormone. Now my brain feels full and satisfied. So right. it's really, a, it sets off a brain chemical. Yes. Right. And another piece, so a second reason is that when we don't eat fat in our food, um, fat is a, is a fantastic blood sugar stabilizer. And I mm-hmm, think of it right. as an anchor to our blood sugar levels. 
So if we aren't eating fat in our foods or we aren't intentionally adding some good butter or good olive oil or coconut oil or what have you, Mm -hmm. um, our blood sugars are going to be offset. And when our blood sugars dip down too far, you know, we've all felt that before. When your blood sure, sugar dips exactly. down, yeah. um, we, want, we, we want carbs. We want, yes. we want carbs. <laughs> it's never at that point when your blood sugar drops down that you feel like, gosh, I could go for like a salad with chicken. You <laughs> no. feel like, oh, I need some food. And usually people will reach for more of the processed, the carbs, like the chips or the crackers or the, the cookies. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, I mean, yep. number two things is we need fat to make our brain truly feel satisfied and we need fat to keep our blood sugars anchored and stabilized throughout the day. Really important. You know, I think if the listeners probably remember that in the past, if a product said fat free, Mm -hmm. they thought, oh, I could eat the whole package. And (laughs) it was really a mind trick. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, it was. But again, without the fat in the food, we just don't feel satisfied and we want more and more and more. Makes me think of the cookie monster. Yes. More, more, <laughs> more, more. I want more. Yes. You know, I believe the fat-free experiment resulted in more and more people dealing with compulsive eating problems. Yep, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, they ate more and more because they didn't feel satisfied. Whenever, you know, I think about that too. I think about the, um, I kind of grew up with like fat-free licorice, uh-huh. you know, and it was that oh, yeah. same thing. You could never have a couple of them. It's like, well, I don't have the bag because, well, it's fat-free. Exactly. So it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You can eat as many as you want. Mm -hmm. Uh However, if we looked at people from traditional cultures who ate 40 to 42% of their calories from good fats like butter, olive oil, coconut, cream, fatty meats, and cheese, they didn't have compulsive eating problems. That's right. No compulsive eating problems and their... They had a good mood. They had strong bones. Yeah, so we need all those things to make all that. Fat does more than, you know, more than we even recognize. It's good for our bones and it's good for our moods. moods. So I Mm -hmm. suppose we might, maybe we should take a break, Joanne. Oh, it is that time. It goes (laughs) so fast, doesn't it? You're right. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Because of our podcast, we have listeners all over the world. Last week, we had a call from Tony, who's a therapist in San Francisco, telling us she listens to our show while swimming laps at a local pool. Isn't wow. that great? That's amazing. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how she did that. But <laughs> She's got all the special all equipment. The technology. <laughs> <laughs> she swims three times a week for exercise and said that dishing up, listening to Dishing Up Nutrition makes the time go faster, and rather than being bored, she is now engaged in learning. Thanks, Tony, for sharing your mm-hmm. story. Our podcasts are online at weightandwellness.com or on iTunes. So for questions, um, call us at 651-641-1071. Hi, sleep. I miss you. What's it been? Six months? A year? I don't even know anymore. I just know I need you. And I really want to reconnect. I tried medication, hypnosis, some weird tea that smelled like feet, crying hysterically. None of it worked. A friend of mine told me about this place that helped her sleep, Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I know. What the heck does food have to do with sleep? She says a lot. I can't remember what exactly because my mind is shot these days. No sleepy, no thinky. Plus, I'm getting acne and headaches and my butt's getting fat. I'm going a little crazy, you know? (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to give Nutritional Weight and Wellness a try. And I promise, sleep, if you come back... I won't snore. 
Learn how real food can improve your sleep, mood, digestion, skin, and more. Sign up for the Weight and Wellness Series at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So I have a question for you. Are you hurting all over? You know, if so, if you're hurting all over, you may be experiencing fibromyalgia. And if you have swelling, if you have tingling, numbness, stiffness, or aching, throbbing pain all over, you may be experiencing fibromyalgia. You know, clients who are experiencing this also um, complain of extreme fatigue. They say, I'm just so tired. I hurt all over and I'm also just really tired. Um, and in the past, patients were often told, well, it's all in your head. You're fine. Just go home, lay down, take a nap. It's all in your head, right? I mean, we've heard, I've heard that a lot mm-hmm. for the last, mm-hmm. say, 20 years yeah. from clients. Mm-hmm. It's yes. really unfortunate. You know, w- there is no known cure for mm-hmm. fibromyalgia. But as nutritionists, we have been helping clients put fibromyalgia into remission. Yes, by following a very careful eating plan. You know, it really working with these folks, it's amazing to see the positive results. Again, it just, it helps put this pain and fatigue into remission. And I think the most beneficial nutritional suggestion um, that I can make is to help clients eliminate all processed foods. Not easy. Not easy to no, do. Easy. You know, but if you just, if, if you're in pain and you have fatigue mm-hmm. and then if, you start to recognize that processed foods create this pain and fatigue. I think it's yeah. extremely motivating. I think so too. To not eat those foods it because is. you want to feel good, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd have them stop eating cereal, mm-hmm. all cereal, mm-hmm. you know, even oatmeal, oh. Oh. which is hard for some people <laughs> to wrap their brains around. Because they've been told That's for years and years. One. Yes. That yes, it's a healthy food. It is yeah. a healthy food. It's an inflammatory food. But it's, it, it can is. be an inflammatory food. Um, bread. Pasta, you know, we'd say goodbye to chips. We'd say goodbye to soda, fast mm-hmm. foods, you know, those macs and che- mac and cheeses, yes. um, canned soup, <laughs> oh, you know, oh, wow. all of those things. And amazingly, their pain level decreases. Right. So it's really, I mean, a lot of those are really, they're convenient. It's easy to right. pour a box or open a can. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we go through this together and mm-hmm. we learn how am I going to make this work in my lifestyle, it's like like a different person. Exactly. You know? It is. Then the next thing that we ask clients with fibromyalgia mm-hmm. to do is to eat real meat. Yep. You know, eggs, turkey, beef, pork, lamb, chicken, fish. Yes. Um, and then I have them trade in their breads and their pastas and crackers, those kind of carbohydrates for better forms of carbohydrates like the fruits and the vegetables. And then finally, we have them do an oil change. Right. No more margarine or soybean oil or corn oil or Crisco. Which are all so inflammatory for our system. Mm-hmm. You know, so they'll replace all the damaged and refined oils with things like olive oil and butter and coconut oil, olives, avocados and nuts. And those are much more anti-inflammatory and soothing for our system. And then finally, we recommend supplements that will help reduce their aches and pains. You know, a key supplement most people are deficient in is magnesium glycinate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, another key supplement that people are deficient in is omega-3 fish oil. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Both of those help a lot. Very, yeah, very soothing. You know, for many people with fibromyalgia, uh, really an individual nutritional consultation is key to putting symptoms mm-hmm. in uh, into remission. You know, um, because fibromyalgia is considered 
it's considered an autoimmune disease. So some need to be gluten or dairy-free. Uh, some might need to include 5-HTP to increase their serotonin levels in their body. You know, some people might need tyrosine to increase dopamine levels. Um, I mean, and all these are more technical words that people... What, yeah, right. Oh, what, what does this mean? Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so a lot of these things, you know, many questions... And many answers to helping people with fibromyalgia, but it's very individualized. Yes, it is. You know, is. it's not it a is. one size fits all. It would be, you know, great if it was, but unfortunately it's not. So we really have to sit down and dig through their health history and make a plan that's specific to them. Um, so if that sounds um, like you, maybe call us at our offices today so we can help uh, 651-699-3438. And I'm sure someone would be willing to talk to you about your fibromyalgia and how we could how we could get you feeling better. You know, I think one of the other things, Katie, is mm-hmm. that when you think about fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. there probably is at least 50 different reasons or causes yes. or out-of-balance systems in a person's body yep. that is causing those aches and pains. And yes. so what we do is we'll do a little bit of detective work, mm-hmm. figure out what those are and help people eliminate those things yes. or increase right. whatever they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because as, as you're saying, I mean, if we have two separate fibromyalgia clients, one has this path, you know, right. and maybe they need, you know, these certain instructions and this other one is a completely different path. Exactly. Plan. So. So we were talking about before we went on break. Yes. We were talking about low fat versus low carb and some of the recent research. Yes. You know, and let's kind of keep this conversation going. Another thing that happened when food manufacturers took that really delicious fat, that good fat, out of our food, uh, suddenly the food lost its taste. Fat adds flavor. You know, think about it. You know, you would enjoy, would you enjoy more like plain, just regular steamed green beans? Or would you prefer green beans with butter or maybe a cream sauce or real bacon? You know, most people like their vegetables with a healthy fat. Most people Mm -hmm. do. Yes. Yes. You know, and I think it's really interesting. We've even talked about this in class. A lot of people have eaten just regular plain green beans or broccoli all their life. So they're kind of conditioned to that now, Yes, you know, so even adding, no, they're not even used to it. So they put butter on top and they're like, they feel like it's just this decadent like meal. (laughs) My goodness. You, you know, so sometimes it's a little adjusting or even putting the bacon in. Right. Uh Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So to give a product a better taste, because, you know, when they took the fat out, Mm -hmm. they lost the taste. Yep. Food companies said, oh, we got to do something about that yeah, or they're we, not going to have the sales. Right, exactly. So they replaced the fat with sugar. Yep. And often it was high fructose corn syrup because it was less expensive than sugar. Yep. And right. it's even sweeter mm-hmm. than regular sugar. It is. So by adding sugar and increasing the carbs, people started eating more and more. Dr. Marion Nessel, author of Food Politics, said people love sugar. They do. Mm -hmm. We know that. Mm -hmm. She said, in fact, I love sugar. The more sugar people eat, the more sugar people want. It's that that response in the brain, the ding, 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 reward center, you know, (laughs) going off. Sugar, more please, right? Exactly. But I think you guys both know that once clients, they tell us this all the time, once they stopped eating sugar and flour, Mm -hmm. their cravings for it go away. They really do. And it's... It's, it's kind of like magic. It, it is kind of yeah. like magic. And I mean, I even, I think of a couple clients um, in particular where they, they came into the consultation and kind of looked at me and were like, well, you know, I've craved sugar since I was born. So, mm-hmm. well, let's, you know, good luck. 
um, kind of. <laughs> but we, I mean, truly, with right. putting this together, they don't crave sugar. It's yeah. not like they got right. this big willpower burst or anything. No. Like, um, you know, know, even, it works. yeah, we know it works. Think of even like uh, fat free snack wells. Mm-hmm. You know, who could stop with one or two? You know, f- me personally, I used to say to myself, hey, if it's fat free, it must be okay. Yeah. I'll just finish the package here, right? <laughs> you know, and I had to finish the package. I never felt satisfied. It's almost like I would open, let's just say, you know, like a cookie, fat free cookies or something in the past, and I had one or two. I knew that there were 10 left, of course. you know, so and it would there. keep calling my name because my, my brain was right. not satisfied. Right, exactly. And I would, you know, sometimes I would say to myself, gosh, why are you so weak-willed against these cookies? Right. But as we're even talking about, it needed that fat. Exactly. And, and not it all did. that sugar anyhow. So here's another new thought for people. I believe when we put our kids on low-fat or this fat-free milk yep. or the low-fat cottage cheese or the low-fat dressing or the low-fat yogurt, we are turning on the I can't stop with one mm-hmm. or kind of that compulsive eating gene. Yes. Interesting how one person, Ansel Keys, so negatively affected what we ate for so many years. You know, we ended up spending a billion dollars or more, billions of yeah. dollars right. on low-fat processed food industry. And a lot of people ended up with a compulsive eating problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind so of changed it, how we looked at food in the United States. It really did. And people people now, even in our classes, even when we talk about adding fat, people are afraid to. Still, mm-hmm. yeah, They're so it's conditioned. Still, yeah. But mm-hmm. when you get back to the low-carb versus low-fat diets for weight loss, the research they did, guess what? Low-fat lost again. So people lost more weight on a low-carb diet. Than on a low-fat diet. Mm-hmm. I think we have to keep saying that over yes. and over and yes. over to yeah. Say that one more People time. People lost more weight on a low-carb diet than on a low-fat diet. And yeah. when, you know, when we are talking about low-carb, we're not saying uh, eliminate all carbs. No. no. We're saying change and start eating vegetables and some fruit for your yep. carbs. But keep it's, the good fat in. And we're not saying eat any kind of fat. No. We're saying eat good fat. Very specific carbs and very specific fats to make it actually work right. You know, the typical American diet, it's, you know, cereal and toast for breakfast, a sandwich sandwich with potato chips for lunch, and a big bowl of pasta for dinner. I mean, that's that's what we're saying is swap out those carbohydrate-rich foods and include more fruits and vegetables and obviously the good proteins and the fats as well. And that's what the study is saying, Mm -hmm. too. You know, I think the other thing that happened to a lot of people is, you know, in the past, and like you said, Katie, mm-hmm. if it said fat-free, yeah, right, we thought we could eat the whole package. Green light. And right? they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did. And yeah. I did. Right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody did. It's, it's hard, the green yeah. light to eat the hard whole stop. package. Yeah. yeah. So should we take another quick break? Time for a break. Okay. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, our company, Nutritional Weight and Wellness, is all about providing life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Did you realize that we have a class for you if you want to go gluten-free the healthy way? Or a class called Jumpstart Your Metabolism? What about a class called Balance Foods for Balance Moods? We also have stress-busting foods. What about foods to reduce pain and inflammation? I think We're all talking those about that. Fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you can find these classes on our website, 
weightandwellness.com. You can now take many of these classes online also. So if you have a question about any of our classes, call 651-699-3438. And we'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So next weekend, September 26th, 27th, 28th, uh, we are offering our weekend weight and wellness series. And it all gets started Friday night with one of the two-hour classes. And then on Saturday... You will experience kind of great teachers who will present life-changing info in a fun and interesting way. So is either one of you teaching? I'm I'm not. Okay. So Okay, you're teaching. What are you teaching? Okay. The intestinal health class. I love that class. Yeah. That's that's a great class. Really a good class. You know, we're gonna include a catered organic lunch and snacks. Then on Sunday morning, you will finish up with the food mood class. And also keeping your heart and blood vessels healthy. So it's an amazing series. Um, and I really love the Weight and Wellness series. It's so well it is done. so good. Mm-hmm. Um, nurses can receive 14.4 continuing ed credits. And this really is a great series to take with a coworker or a friend, a sister, a spouse, or even your dad or mom. So you can just really make it a family affair, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's um, a great class. It is. <laughs> Call 651-699-3438 to register. And did I mention we include our brand new weight and wellness cookbook and nutrition guide? So check out the deep dish pizza recipe that is gluten-free and also very delicious. Yes, it is. You're, yes. you're wanting some pizza. That's a much, much better option. Exactly. That's great. So should so, we take a caller? Oh, sure, Joanne. Let's take some callers. That would be great. Good morning. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question? Yeah. Um, I was just wondering, how long does it typically take to repair your gut? Um, I have a history of celiac disease and psoriasis, and I've been experiencing major inflammation mm-hmm. um, since about February, and I've been on an elimination diet for a little over a month. Okay. Okay. Well, I think there's a couple of things that when we work with people, we work also to help to put back some of the back, good bacteria, like mm-hmm. we talked about in the earlier in the show about bifidobacteria, yeah. because that is the main intest, uh, bacteria that's in your small intestinal mm-hmm. tract. Mm-hmm. So we put back in that and probably yep. maybe yes. some glutamine, yep. which is an amino acid. <clears throat> yeah, I've helps. been taking glutamine. I've okay. been taking loracetin, and I've been taking probiotics. Okay. okay. Well, probiotic sometimes is mainly acidophilus, and acidophilus is mainly in your stomach. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we really do believe that you have to take just bifidobacteria mm-hmm. to be uh, the best for healing. Yeah. And, yeah. Make, you know, also make sure that you're doing enough. Um, we typically recommend people do it, you know, take the glutamine and the bifido um, together at least three times a day before their meals. You know, with celiac disease, um, the digestive lining has been, you know, very much so broken down and inflamed. So it's it's great that you're doing the removal of the foods, but the well, you know. I've been gluten free since 2008. Actually, okay, mm-hmm. okay. I've and... just been reducing. I've been getting rid of everything else. I'm not taking in any corn, soy, dairy, good, eggs, good, um, refined sugars. And you're eating enough protein, meat. Yeah, I'm eating meat, vegetables, fruits. I've actually lost over 32 pounds already. Oh. Well, you've done. So your metabolism, your energy systems mm-hmm. are kicking in, yeah, and that's are. good. I think it's probably you mm-hmm. need a little bit more um, assistance with making sure that you're getting enough of the beneficial bacteria through the day 
Also, I mean, omega-3 fish oil mm-hmm. helps to heal the intestinal lining. And vitamin D. And vitamin D. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's right. things like that. I've been but, taking vitamin D as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Good. So, but my iron is low still. Okay, so and I are have you... an iron supplement I've been taking, but... You know, have you, have you sat down with one of the nutritionists? Not with you guys. I do. I've been working with a different nutritionist. Well, maybe come in and mm-hmm. see one of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what area you live in, but... I live in South St. Paul. So okay. Okay, perfect. So, okay. Uh, you know, either, either you know, somebody at Mendota Heights or, Paul. you know, yep. Leah's at Mendota Heights or mm-hmm. Katie, you're at Lakeville. Lakeville and Wyzetta, yep. So yep. come in and see one of us. I mean, we are, I think we're experts in this yeah. area. Yeah. As That's far as... Because and, I'm, I'm been you, on prednisone now for like oh. a week. Okay. Oh. No, you so need bad. to come in and see one of us. Yeah. yeah. So just give, you know, our phone number is 651 Six nine nine three four three eight, and I think we'll we can help you. Yeah. So okay. Great question, though. Thank you. It, it and it does. It, t- it, it does takes take, time. It but takes it's... time, but you should be moving along faster. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Thanks for the call this morning. Thank you. So, Thank you. Joanne, should we have other callers? Yeah, we have one more caller. Okay. Good morning. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a Good question? Good morning. I'm so happy to hear you talk about fibromyalgia. Uh, yep. It took me years to get diagnosed. I was diagnosed in 94 by a neurologist, and they also um, they had a had a support group at Curry Center, which I attended. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joanne used to work at Curry Center. Amen. Yes. Uh, everyone is different. I found the warm pool to be very, very beneficial for me. It mm-hmm. is nice. I used to work there. <laughs> and I, I take lots of vitamins, and I listen to you, and and I'm an elderly lady, and one of these days I'm going to get to one of your classes. My good. children got me a, a laptop when I was 81, so I'm just learning. <laughs> oh, good I for you. Enjoy you. All right, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for the Bye-bye. comment. Thank you. See, so you know, even at her age, she's mm-hmm. been able to get reduce the pain and inflammation yeah. in her body. Mm-hmm. So yes, she can helpful. keep functioning and having yeah. fun, and that's all what it's about. That's you know? that's that was that's a cool call. Thank yeah. you very much that's for great. that. Thank you. So back to our topic that we yes. were talking about. We were talking about. Um, you know, removing the fat and how that affects kind of the compulsive eating tendencies. You know, and in the past, again, we were saying when you remove the fat, you remove the flavor, they add the sugar. Um, and then we also had the idea that, hey, if it's fat free, I can eat the whole package. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when I got caught up in that low fat eating trap, again, I could not get satisfied. You know, because I was, <clears throat> pardon me, in dietitian school, I thought that low fat was healthy that's kind of what we were learning that's what but we were taught. I just never mm-hmm. felt satisfied uh-huh. and I was always looking for the next treat um and it was kind of like my brain was always wondering what's in the cupboards what else can I have <laughs> right actually actually yeah you know but when I started adding like you know a tablespoon of good fat to my meals it was almost like I had a hard time finishing my meal or when I got done at least finishing the meal it was it was kind of amazing it was as if my brain just silenced Right. And I Oh, that's a great yeah. way to describe you know, it, Katie. I didn't even think I wasn't even thinking about right. oh, what else can I have next? It right. was, oh, I'm done with my meal. All right. I'm going to put the dishes away and exactly. I'm going to go on with my day mm-hmm. and not have to be thinking about food anymore. Mm-hmm. And right. it's it was amazing. Right. So it is amazing. I remember when that happened to me, too. Mm-hmm. And I bet, you know, you were no longer going through the cupboard saying, what can I eat next? Yes. Right. Just like me. It was 
crazy. It, yeah. You know, and I was actually... Nice change, though. Ni- wonderful, <laughs> very welcome change. You know, I was actually worried I was becoming a compulsive eater. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially kind of later in, you know, probably about five years ago, I'm really worried that something is something's changing my brain and this is not okay. Uh, little did I understand that really what was going on is my brain was fat deficient. I wasn't so eating enough fat. Kind of a simple remedy, wasn't it? Was it? it was very simple. Yes, it was yeah. very simple. You didn't have to do a, a lot of talk therapy. Nope, I didn't have to go do a lot of talk <laughs> therapy to talk me out of compulsive eating, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so I think we should explain what we mean by low fat. Mm-hmm. And remember we said earlier, traditional cultures ate 40 to 42% of their calories from fat. So what would a typical day of eating look like? How much fat is 42%? I think that's a lot. A lot of people ask, what does that mean? What does that even mean? Right. And and maybe people think start finding the deep fried foods again, but that's not what we're talking about. How much fat is 42%? Well, people can cook their eggs in at least a tablespoon of bacon fat. It wasn't bacon fat like we know it. It used to be lard. That was back in the traditional old days. Traditionally. Absolutely. But you get the idea. So usually people had one to two tablespoons of good fat at every meal and mm-hmm. every snack. Wow. Yep. And these cultures, they used heavy cream, butter, full fat cottage cheese. And then, you know, other cultures in other areas of the countries and different cultures, they used a lot of coconut oil in cooking. Mm-hmm. So 42% of calories from fat is usually somewhere between seven and nine tablespoons of added fat per day of added fat intentionally yes using butters olive oils avocados yes yes exactly a lot of people want to say that the fat in their meat counts as their fat but we're talking about added mm-hmm. added yes so, yeah some in some of those low fat diets you know they even reduced fat to like 10 percent. and yeah. i was i remember um back to those days when i was thinking Oh gosh, am I becoming a compulsive eater? Right. I would really pride myself on trying to eat less than ten grams of fat a day. Oh yeah. Oh, ten yeah. grams. I would. I, I would too. like count and right. Yeah. So I'm like <laughs> really trying to eat really, really yeah. low fat. There was there was a while there where I was like pretty pretty low fat. That's less than. That's like non-existent. <laughs> I did the same thing. So basically, less than a half a teaspoon per meal and snack, which left people hungry. And craving. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Craving more food all the time. Yes. Yeah, and at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we really have kind of a simple saying. Stay ahead of your hunger. Uh, meaning, we recommend eating before you are hungry. But when again, when I was eating a little fat, I was always hungry. And going back to those fat-free snacks. Well, you know, even going back to that whole idea of eating before you're hungry, mm-hmm. stay ahead of your hunger. Mm-hmm. That's all, that's all new concept for most people because, it is. you know, they've been told don't eat until you're hungry. Right. Exactly. Wrong message, wrong message, wrong message. <laughs> Definitely. And before I came to work at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, I worked with brain injured clients at Courage Center for 25 years. Yes. So sadly, I taught clients to eat low fat at that time because that's what I was taught in dietitian school. Even more sadly, that's what I also ate. Mm-hmm. So every day, I remember, I told this Dar this the other day. Yes. Every day, about 2.30 in the afternoon, I was so tired and hungry. My head was ready to hit the desk. I had to find something to eat. I was always craving carbs. 
So usually I ended up eating a cookie or cracker, something quick. So you were, did you have those hiding in your desk drawer or Not where? usually. I had to go finding them. <laughs> I had to go find <laughs> you them. You had to rubbage through a storage <laughs> center. <laughs> I did. So today, since I eat the weight and wellness way, I have more energy than I did 20 years ago. Wow. It's amazing because I was always craving carbs then. So very powerful. Well, look at that. It's time for our last break. Oh, my gosh. It goes wow. so quick. <laughs> Lies. So if you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition and getting a good night's sleep is a real problem for many people, research has found for good health, we need at least seven hours of sleep. And, you know, honestly, we know that a lot of people are doing five and six. People are struggling with five and six. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So in the past, we slept nine hours. That's still the best. If you need help sleeping, schedule an appointment with one of the nutritional weight and wellness nutritionists. Maybe you need more magnesium. Maybe you can use some progesterone cream. Maybe a balanced bedtime snack will help. Maybe you need to boost your serotonin with 5-HTP. Many different causes for lack of sleep, but each one is related to a nutritional need. So give us a call at 651-699-3438 to make an appointment. I can't stop with one. Are you a person that can't stop with one, one cookie, one brownie, one bowl of cereal? Does out-of-control eating leave you bloated and frustrated, feeling unworthy and embarrassed? You may say to yourself, why can't I control my food when my relationships are fine, my job is great, and I'm not worrying about money? How could I get my eating and weight under control when I continue to overeat? Nutritional Weight and Wellness understands that compulsive eating is not a character defect or an emotional problem. It is a chemical imbalance that can be corrected. If you need help getting your eating under control, schedule a private consultation with a caring, knowledgeable nutritionist. You may be surprised that when you follow a plan that balances your biochemistry, you no longer eat compulsively. Call Nutritional Weight and Wellness today at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com to schedule an appointment at an office convenient for you or arrange a phone consultation. Learn how nutrition can be your solution for compulsive eating. That's weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, last Wednesday I had the pleasure to speak to over 300 older adults at the YMCA gathering. For once, I was not the oldest person in the room. <laughs> I encouraged these seniors to go back to eating the way their grandmothers did, real food cooked mm-hmm. at home. You know, food raised without antibiotics and chemicals, real meat, real vegetables, real fat, butter, olive oil, coconut oil, olives, nuts. You know, I had fun and I hope they enjoyed the presentation. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to drink more water and less soda and coffee. Well, so, you're Hopefully. pretty convincing. You I'm are. Sure they were pretty motivated and excited. That's so cool. That's, That's great. so very cool. So should we take, a, we call, take a, caller? a caller? Yes. So we have a. That's great. Sheila, you have a question on UTIs. Yes, I was wondering if you can recommend an alternative to cranberry juice. Ah, yes, mm-hmm. for UTIs. Um, one thing that we do think of, you know, again, is cranberry juice is a preventive measure. Another great preventive measure would actually be taking um, some acidophilus powder. It's a bacteria that lines um, kind of, you know, the bladder and the urethra, and it it 
kind of creates a nice coating so that bad bacteria can't get into the wall and create a, mm-hmm. an infection. And so we often have people taking that acidophilus either in powder form or capsules at bedtime. At bedtime, at bedtime. yep. And that yep. works great. Creates a little bit more of that acidic lining and it keeps bad bacteria away. So, And another thing, you know, rather than the cranberry juice, uh, cranberry caps extract, mm-hmm. I think works better because then you're definitely not getting any sugar. Yes, sugar and feeds. maybe taking a couple of those in the morning um, when you first get up. And then I have one other thing that I, I recommend for people. Yeah. Is because we're really trying to develop a more acidic mm-hmm. uh, environment, especially right. in your bladder lining, because then the bacteria cannot attach to the lining. And so I have people taking something that has just a little bit of hydrochloric acid in it. Mm, sure. And I, we have a supplement that's called Orthodigestime. And that has just a little bit of um, hydrochloric acid. And that keeps the acid level up in your system. And people tend to even digest their foods a little bit better. So I have them take one or two with each meal. So that's kind of my mm-hmm. my whole approach to uh, UTIs. So yes. I hope that helps. I yes, don't know if you're doing all those things, but... Thank you for all that you do for us, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Have a great day. <laughs> oh. So, so take one more caller? Yep, yes. we have one okay. more caller. Shannon, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question on low iron? Good morning. Good morning. Um, Try again. I, I've been told. I've been told that I I am low in iron, and I'm wondering how can I improve that, please. Well, eat meat. Yes, definitely eat meat. And then the other thing to think about is if you are eating meat, some people say that I am eating meat or taking an iron supplement. Then we would go back to the state of the digestive tract, and maybe you're not absorbing um, the iron iron very efficiently. So uh, you know that would be one of those things. Great to sit down uh, for nutritional consultation, so we can really dig apart maybe what's possibly going on in the digestive system to make sure you are absorbing the iron that you are eating. I mean, maybe you have a gluten sensitivity, and then people with gluten sensitivities are often low on iron. Yes, very. there's a very strong correlation between those two. So So maybe even trying that is trying a, you know, eating um, no gluten to see if that brings it up. So make an appointment because we can probably help you very quickly. Yes. With that one. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. (laughs) Have a great day. Thank you. You know, back to this, um, the fat conversation, you know, if you follow kind of the weight and wellness eating plan, it's very simple. You know, we suggest you eat a sufficient amount of animal protein daily, really about 10 to 14 ounces of protein. So that's four ounces for meals and, you know, maybe two to three ounces for your morning and mid-afternoon snack. So basically, protein provides all the building blocks for your brain chemicals. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. That's just a whole new thought for most people. Uh-huh. Protein provides the key nutri- nutrients for a good immune system. Yes. yes. So you don't want to get sick. And it gives you energy and increases your metabolism for several hours. All That's good a nice bonus. Yes. That is good. And in the past, many people became deficient in protein because they tried to re- restrict their intake of saturated fat. So sometimes they cut down on meat. We know many meats contain saturated fat. Then after a period of time, because of lack of protein, they became tired and depressed. So they looked for a quick pick-me-up. Mistakenly, they thought that could be a piece of candy or something sweet. Mm -hmm. The more sugar they ate, the more sugar they wanted. Yeah, exactly. So Katie, you took took protein out of your diet. I did. Oh, yeah. We were kind of talking about this in between the break. And I did. um, I 
when I was in college, I was a vegetarian for at least two years. Wow. Um, and I actually wow. didn't even eat many, like no eggs, no meat at all. So I was, again, back to the idea that I was trying to be really low fat in my eating. So I was really low fat, really, really low protein. Um, and I was, you know, I was always up and down with my my hunger and my sugar. And I was constantly craving sugar and kind of a quick pick me up. But back to this, like the moods, my moods were up and down. Um, my husband, when we were friends back then, he even said that to me. He was, he said, wow, it's like walking on eggshells around you. <laughs> He's like, one minute you're happy and the next minute you're not. And I remember that in my brain, I just felt imbalanced. Like what is going on? This is yeah. not how I typically felt. I never made the connection, of course. Yes. I just thought something's something's different, but I didn't say, oh, it's because of the way I'm eating. So your brain was deficient in protein and it was deficient in fat. Yes, but it was, it had lots of cereal. So, <laughs> right. You know, so what, kind of what we're saying and what I've experienced, compulsive eating is, it's caused by a chemical imbalance. So when the brain lacks the nutrients from protein, it becomes out of balance. In out of balance brain chemistry, it often leads to compu- compulsive behaviors. It is easy to become a compulsive eater when the brain chemistry is out of balance. You know, and the question we need to ask is, did the low-fat way of eating change the brain chemistry of millions of Mm -hmm, people? mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big question. Mm -hmm. And leading to a higher rate of depression and compulsive eating. And we know that almost three-fourths of the population is now overweight. And the saying goes, we are what Mm -hmm. we eat. I love Dr. Daniel Amen because he says, if we eat junk food, we'll have junk brains. Yes. Yeah. How we think, how we deal with stress, how we learn, how we focus and concentrate, how we remember, and how we experience emotions all depend on our brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That's very a very true. powerful statement. Very mm-hmm. true. So you're really saying that brain chemistry depends on the foods we eat and our behavior depends on our brain chemistry. Yes. Interesting, isn't it? It is. You know, the question you may be asking is, well, how, if if you can relate to some of those things, how can I get my brain chemistry rebalanced so I can give up my compulsive eating? I am tired of my eating controlling me. Right. I know what worked for me. I follow the weight and wellness plan. I eat about 14 ounces of protein daily. In the past, I may have eaten only six ounces a day. Really low. And with most meals, I eat vegetables. And also about seven tablespoons of good fat throughout the day. So I limit my fruit to a half a cup, two or three times a day. I avoid processed foods. Now my weight's stable. That's Amazing. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have those compulsive eating triggers, no right? No more of that. So helpful. You know, we've really made eating the weight and wellness way easy. Um, we have many easy to follow and delicious tasting recipes in our weight and wellness cookbook and nutrition guide. So let's make nutrition simple. Simple to think about and simple to do. Great. Thanks for being on, Joanne. Thank thanks, you, Katie. Dar. Yes. And I, thanks, Katie. Everyone have a great Saturday. Yes. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.